Hi, I'm Cassie Burton, host of the Curiosity Junkie podcast. I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen today. Please feel free to share your favorite episodes and don't forget to hit the subscribe and like buttons. There are a couple of ways you can help support the show. First, take a moment to rate the podcast and leave us a review. Greatly appreciate that. Second, hit the donate button or head over to CassieBurton.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-E-B-U-R-T-O-N.com to learn more and get signed up for the monthly newsletter. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Today's guest is here to talk about EFT tapping, anxiety, and boundaries. Please welcome Kate Hennessy. Hi, Kate. Welcome to Curiosity Junkie Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Cassie. I'm so happy to be here. I am thrilled to be talking to you. We're going to dive into a couple of things. Mostly we're going to talk about EFT tapping, and I really don't know that much about it. So let's just jump in there. What is it? What does the EFT stand for? Help me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So EFT stands for emotional freedom technique, Mm -hmm. and it's more commonly known as tapping. And how we use this modality is focusing on our feelings, our current experience, and oftentimes that's addressing our challenges, our hardships, our traumas, repeating them out loud and really acknowledging and feeling them so that we can work through them. And hopefully if it's safe to do so, release it. Mm, Okay. And so what, why the tapping and what, you know, there, I know it's very specific. So what, like, help me walk me through some of that. Sure. Yeah. So EFT in and of itself is only came about in the seventies, but it is rooted in acupuncture, which is an ancient practice. That's about 5,000 years old. So it combines acupuncture tapping on meridian points throughout the body. So we tap when I tap with clients, we tap on 10, nine or 10 points is relatively common. And we tap while repeating our challenge. And so it combines the uh, component of acupuncture with energy psychology or mind body, um, mind body based um, psychology. So it's those two, those two modalities that come together. And excuse me, I'm not sure if you know much about meridians, if you are familiar with acupuncture. Yeah. So we have meridians throughout our bodies, like different channels of energy that correspond to different organs in the body, which corresponds to where we hold our emotions. Like for instance, Mm -hmm. our liver, if you have um, like a stagnant liver, maybe even like a fatty liver, that's a sign of holding on to anger. So that's, it's very, it's very interesting in that way because it relates to our body and our emotions, which are very much (laughs) interconnected. It's a very holistic practice because it combines everything. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. The, the trapped emotions thing. I know that that is a real, real deal (laughs) and we don't realize how much we really do hold and, and is trapped in our body. So I like that you can kind of connect if you're having an issue somewhere in your body, it's probably attached to a specific emotion or something that you've trapped. Mm, Yes. yes. 
Yeah. So it's, it's about releasing really. Mm -hmm. Right. And it works on issues, um, like physical issues, emotional issues, mental issues. It works on every different level. And that's why I really love it because it's not just one or the other. And oftentimes when we have trauma, we hold that in our body and, you know, working with a talk therapist is great, but talking sometimes can only get you so far. So I see EFT kind of as like a somatic practice because it can get us into our body by remembering or realizing where we're holding that emotion and moving through that, that feeling of pain or discomfort or tension. Mm, Yeah. So what brought you to tapping? Yeah. So I was introduced to it by a a business colleague a few years ago through um, a business networking group that I was a part of. I'm also a licensed massage therapist. So at the time I was building, building that business and she uh, approached me about doing, doing a trade actually. So I participated in a, I believe it was an eight week program. Uh, this was long before COVID when we could be in person. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, you know, I shared a little bit with her about my struggles with, uh, mental health, specifically anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious, I, I do a lot to take care of myself and I've heard of EFT, but it wasn't something that I really gave much thought to until she approached me and offered this. And I, yeah, I stepped into it in a group setting and I loved it. And I actually used it for something pretty minor. Um, it's kind of funny. So who I, I was living with my partner at the time and he had a couple of cats and I, you know, I, I really love animals, but some things like really got under my skin. And so seeing the cat hair on the counter just like set me off, even something right. so small, just like really got under my skin. And yeah, it impacted my relationship with them. So I focused on that, tapped on that. And just after a few, uh, two sessions, I was not reactive toward it at all. Oh, my And gosh. so, yeah, I would see the cat hair and I would just be like, okay, that's there. And I can also say that my love for these animals grew so much after, after doing some tapping. And like, I see that as a huge benefit for myself and my clients is like really first, well, first acknowledging our challenge. I think that's huge. And I think that's something that can be really tough for people, especially with things that are really heavy and, um, So it offers, you know, a safe space to do that and then move to a place of acceptance of ourselves and other people and then greater love and compassion for others. Mm, I like that a lot. The compassion piece. What is the, I guess, importance of the words that you use in the process? Because I know it's not just the tapping, but it is some affirmation piece pieces too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So When we tap and every practitioner does it a little bit differently, but the way that I work with my clients and in my own practice, I tap while repeating phrases that address my, you know, negative feelings or emotions or discomfort or physical tension as well. And so the process of tapping 
I often tell people to start really simple. So we would just pick or even write down a few phrases, maybe two or three phrases and repeating them over and over again while we're tapping through the points. And after a certain point, after a certain point, you get to uh, feeling comfortable with the process that it can be a little bit more intuitive. Mm. And so that's another thing that I see with tapping is that it helps bring things to light that we didn't realize before we started tapping. Um, Mm. So yeah, you choose the words that really address and acknowledge your challenge And it's interesting because a lot of people that are only focused on positive affirmations think they think that it would make it worse, like saying, or they think that it would manifest more negativity into our lives, but it doesn't because it creates the space to really be present with what's in front of us and say, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm feeling and it's okay. I can still love and accept myself through it. And so when we first start tapping, we tap on the side of the hand, stating our challenge while affirming that we like to love and accept ourselves. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's interesting too. The whole most, like you said, most people think that it should just be a positive affirmation. And that was one of the things that when I first watched a couple of your reels on Instagram, I noticed that you started with what, whatever the frustration was or the issue. And I, it, that went through my head was like, should you be starting with something negative? <laughs> Turns out, yes, you should. And I get it because it's like, you're acknowledging, you're not trying to ignore it. I'm acknowledging that it's here and I'm releasing it. Right. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And it's, It is possible to just use the positive affirmations, but it's never something I start with because oftentimes, you know, we may want to bring more abundance into our life or a partner or an opportunity. And that's great. But oftentimes there's still some fear and self-doubt and it's important to name that so we can name it while also calling in what we desire. So that's when I, that's how I kind of frame my Um, my tapping reels on Instagram by stating our challenge, but also affirming what we want to call in. And so that's appropriate when the fear or the self-doubt or the shame isn't so heavy. Um, Yeah. So what I will say about that, if it's okay to continue. Yes. Yeah. We use a scale when we do EFT tapping Mm -hmm. from zero to 10. So zero is common at peace not feeling triggered or anxious about anything, just feeling, you know, very balanced in our nervous system and our, in our body. Mm-hmm. While at a 10, we are completely overwhelmed with anxiety or fear. Um, so we measure that emotion, that feeling before we start tapping. Mm-hmm. And so the, the reels that I share on Instagram, the tapping examples are more for like the lower end of the spectrum. So you might feel a little anxious, a little fearful, or just feeling, you know, down and out about yourself at like three or four, but you still want to call in some positivity. Right. Okay. Okay. And, and I think that's great that you share it on something basic there because it did pique my interest. And I was like, Oh, I need to know more about how this works, what it is. I know um, I've had a girlfriend that did it for a while and she absolutely loved it. And I think actually she was at one point, she was thinking about 
getting into teaching it, kind of learning more about it. I am kind of curious, what is that process like if somebody says, oh, I love this and I would love to know more about teaching it. Is that, what's that, what's the timeline on something like that? Yeah. So I went through my certification process um, a couple of years ago now, and it, it involves, um, I, I did it all through Zoom. So it's a few weekends of training and then a, I had to do a certain number of sessions with practice clients. Right. And so it's doable within like a six month time frame, And I think, yeah, I mean, I, I stepped into this when, um, well, I guess it was actually about a year ago that I was considering moving in this direction with COVID shutting down and my hands-on work being on pause. Um, but I've been doing the practice for a few years now and it, yeah, going through that just like was so healing in and of itself going through this process and working, uh, practicing with colleagues uh, of my own and really going deeper. And I think that's something that I haven't mentioned yet is that EFT, in my experience, has been more beneficial than other forms of therapy because it's able to go to the root cause mm -hmm. of our limiting belief systems, our feelings of unworthiness much faster because we're able to, you know, acknowledge our challenge and also get into the space of remembering our past. Because the theory behind EFT is that no matter where, where we are in our life, there's something from the past that's holding us back from moving forward. Mm -hmm. So with that, it can be very deep and very powerful. And it's really helped me transform my relationships. And people have told me this within my, you know, within my immediate family, they've said, I've seen so much change and so much growth within you since you've started mm -hmm. doing this practice. It's been so incredibly healing. And I'm so grateful to have this in my toolkit and be able to share it with everyone that's open to it. Yes. And I, I do want to touch a little bit on with therapy or even a practice like this, I think meditation too, anything that's going to help us release some of those trapped emotions, it really is an ongoing um, practice because constantly things are getting trapped within us. We're being triggered where things are happening. Someone says something. So it's not like you just get to a place and everything is ta -da. <laughs> I always like totally. to kind of drive that home. Therapy is great, but it's ongoing. I think just as meditation is for me or journaling, the tapping, I would believe would kind of fall in that same category. So on that note, is it something you can do every day? Is there a limit to how often? I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So I love having like a morning routine and oftentimes I will tap in the morning when I wake up and I find it really helpful for people that struggle with anxiety. Cause I know for myself, sometimes I wake up and my mind's already going of things that I have to do that day. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's a great practice to integrate into your morning and just tapping on the points while talking about what you're worried about, or even just tapping and breathing. Sometimes I do that as well. If there's nothing very, you know, present in front of me. Um, 
But however, I will say that it is best to be as specific as possible when you're tapping. A lot of what I share online is relatively general just to make it accessible to everyone. But when you're more specific on what's going on for you, then you'll get more results with, with using tapping. So you can tap in the morning. Um, and I like, you know, I say to tap until you feel calmer. So that could be just a few minutes. That can be 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And there isn't, you know, it's, there isn't like a hard, hard and fast rules with tapping with like the amount of tapping that you do. I know for myself, I've experienced and some other people have shared that after, you know, more than 30 minutes of tapping, you might feel a little bit lightheaded. So it is important to pause after tapping for 10 minutes or so and drink some water, stay hydrated because the energy is moving. So much is moving within us. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that you can do really any, any time of day, but I find it best in the morning and sometimes before going to sleep to just really wind down and really calm the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So talking about more of the specific like you were saying, it's it's good to have the general, but how, and I'm assuming this would be the, the benefit of working with a tapping practitioner because they're going to help you get to kind of that root cause of what's or where it's trapped and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you can tap on your own and, you know, anyone can, can benefit from this practice doing it on their own. Right. And with that said, it's best to, if you're, if you are going to do the work on your own to just focus on what's present rather than really diving deep into the past and healing past, you know, past traumas or things that are really uncomfortable and really stuck. So, but it, it really depends on where someone's at in their healing journey, because if, you know, if you've done some work on yourself, if you're intuitive and, you know, things come to you while you're tapping, which I mentioned before, it can be very enlightening, a very enlightening practice and things from the past come up. And when that happens, I always recommend to receive support from someone, whether that's a tapping practitioner or therapist to really move, move through that with support because doing it on our own, it's a little, it's uncomfortable, it's scary, and it's, yeah, you also just won't get the results, the same kind of results when you're working on your own versus working with a practitioner because they're there to really guide you and mm-hmm. to check in with you about is this really, is this emotion really still feeling stuck or is there something else that needs to be uncovered? Yes, absolutely. Because I've done a lot of work on my own, but I do think you still get to a point where your body still wants to ignore or push it down as much as you want it to come up or recognize something. Sometimes the mind is just more powerful and says, Oh no, I don't think so. (laughs) Right. I do. I like working with a therapist, someone that is an expert in the technique or the practice to really figure out. So I'm, I'm recommending that for anyone that's interested in trying tapping. Um, and I would imagine because I've had this in meditation too, emotions can kind of come up and when you're processing through some of that, I've heard that with the Reiki also, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes that's pretty common, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes what I find is oftentimes I'll be working with a client and they'll be, 
really angry about something and we'll be tapping. And after a couple of rounds, it's underneath that anger is oftentimes grief or shame. And I feel like those emotions are much more difficult to process in my experience, like in my own practice and working with clients as well. And when that comes up, like, yeah, really having the support of someone to, yeah, show you compassion and really support you through that is, yeah, totally essential and, yeah, even more helpful than working on your own. Right. One of, one of the things I think about, and you touched on it, is anxiety. And I, I want to talk a little bit about boundaries, too, because when I say boundaries, I tend to get a little anxiety. <laughs> so um, let's dive into a little bit around anxiety and kind of um, maybe talk a little bit about something specific or a way that tapping can help those of us that suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're feeling anxious, we, we all experience anxiety differently, right? For some folks, it's, you know, racing mind, not able to focus other times for me and some other clients that I work with having tension in our chest or, you know, feeling like there's a lump in our throat. And so that those feelings, either the racing thoughts or the physical tension and discomfort can kind of guide our tapping process. So whatever comes up, whatever is strongest. um, And then that goes back to measuring our feelings and emotions on that scale from zero to 10 can, can, help us decide where to start when we start tapping. So when I work with clients one-to-one, I'm taking notes about what they're sharing and checking in with them and say, okay, after you shared all of that, what feels strongest for you right now, emotionally, physically, like what feels like it's has the most weight to it. And so that will guide our process to starting. Okay. So you kind of have to dig in a little bit and really figure out where to start. There's no just like one size fits all practice with that. It really is kind of identifying what it is and where it is trapped in your body. Right. And what it's feeling like. Okay. Yeah. And with that, it's, you know, for folks that are new to tapping, I, I do have a lot of resources online. And it's using, like you mentioned, journaling. That's mm-hmm. an incredible tool to combine with tapping because if we don't know what to say while tapping, if we just feel kind of lost and confused, once we start writing that those, everything that we wrote down can help guide our process as well. Mm -hmm. So do you have any um, specific journal prompts that you say, Hey, when you're really not sure what's going on, write about or start here, think about anything Mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, I think I, I really love helping people get into their bodies. Um, oftentimes when I'm working with clients with anxiety, we, we start there, right? So kind of taking a few moments to tune in and ask ourselves, where do I feel this anxiety in my body? And then going deeper with that, what, what does it feel like? What does it look like? So is there a shape to it? Is there a color? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it heavy? Is it dense? that can help guide our process with tapping. And then if, if and when um, going deeper, thinking about like, when, when did I feel this last? 
whether, you know, it was today or yesterday and what triggered me to feeling anxious. So taking time to really sit with that and get curious about where the anxiety is coming from. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know right away, that's why I like starting with the feelings in the body to really get, get ourselves present in our body to move the discomfort and see what comes up because oftentimes there, you know, there's emotional stuff underneath that. Yeah, absolutely. And something that popped into my head was the self-awareness piece, like really becoming self-aware. And I think a lot of us just kind of go through life, not really paying attention to what our body is telling us what's happening with our mind, the stories that are being made up and (laughs) all that fun stuff. And I really think that's such a key that once you become self-aware, it makes it easier. I would think even for tapping that you realize something triggered you, you know what it is, you know what it's relating back to and where that emotion is. So you can kind of dive in more direct Mm -hmm. within time, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. 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 Self-awareness. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, I find, you know, working with folks who have done some work on themselves is, is an important piece to it. So if, right, if you don't have much self-awareness, I do think tapping can create um, and allow more mm-hmm. self-awareness to come to the surface. But I do see that being a challenge for some folks that aren't incredibly self-aware And also folks that are not comfortable expressing their negative emotions or their feelings. And it's not, you know, it's not anyone's fault. I see it more as like a cultural and society thing that we're not supposed to talk about things that are uncomfortable. So it's, yeah, it's not our fault that we feel uncomfortable talking about these things and feel very skeptical about, you know, different ways of addressing our emotions. Yes. And that is why I love doing this podcast because there are so many healing uh, modalities out there and one might not speak to one individual, but it might speak to another. Mm -hmm. And so I love learning more and more about anything that can help us process emotions, feelings, trapped energy, all of that, because we, it's not something we talk about mainstream culture. We we really don't. It's like, you don't feel anything. Push that down. Keep moving forward. Just keep moving. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, (laughs) take a second, get in touch with yourself. It's just, it's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think that the time that we are in right now and with, you know, COVID happening last year, I think it finally gave people permission to really feel their feelings and talk about it more openly. So even though it's such a crazy time and so stressful for so many people, I do think that is something good that's come out of it. Yes, I 100% agree. It gave people time to slow down and kind of spend some time with themselves. So Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Well, let's Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about boundaries because I know you do work in and around boundaries as well. What are boundaries and why do we need them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So boundaries, there's different levels of boundaries, right? So I see it, I see boundaries on an energetic level. So what that is to me, it's um, sensing the energy in 
a room, a new place that you're in and kind of creating safety for yourself to not be impacted by the energy of a place or by the energy of others. And then boundaries within relationships is, you know, a little more complicated and can be a little more messy. And I see it as, you know, speaking up for yourself, stating your need and, making, making that known to someone of what you, what you can tolerate and what you cannot tolerate. Mm -hmm. And I see this as a struggle for people who are highly sensitive and empaths. The most of the clients that I work with fall in between one of those. And it's, I see EFT as helping to really get into our power and be able to use our voice confidently Because oftentimes when highly sensitive people and empaths speak up for themselves, they feel shame or they're too scared. So they don't set a boundary at all. They feel guilty for setting a boundary. They think that they should just go with the flow and make everyone else happy and not worry about themselves. (laughs) And that just oftentimes makes, makes things worse. So, yeah, so that's kind of my take on boundaries and how EFT can be helpful. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I, I, I think a lot of us don't grow up with boundaries or conversations around what is healthy and um, in a relationship. And so we get to adulthood and we're kind of like, why is this happening? And it's like, well, you have to kind of speak what you need to speak. And I think for me, that was like the big um, awakening. I realized I really had never used my voice to say what I really wanted or what I really needed. And I think there are a lot of people, I don't think it's just women. I think it's pretty universal that just don't speak up because it's easier to just not cause anyone any tension at all, (laughs) but it's not because in the long run, it comes back to bite us, I think in the butt, you know, Mm -hmm. emotionally, you're not happy, which then impacts that relationship. So you're better off speaking up with boundaries. If someone's just starting into that, like they're realizing, Hey, I, I really don't have any boundaries with anyone in my life, including myself. Where's a good place to start? Yeah. I think starting with yourself is the perfect place to start because Mm -hmm. you're right. You're just in control and in charge of yourself. Whereas starting with your family just carries a lot more weight Um, Mm -hmm. so I often say to start with yourself. And so what an example of a boundary that I like to use even for myself is setting time limits around things. Mm. So that can be like a time limit around social media, whether I'm on it for, you know, half hour or an hour a day or turning my phone off at night. Mm. I see that as a really powerful practice, um, especially for people that are highly sensitive or empathic to just like you know, that, that compare themselves to others to really disconnect. So that's really important. Um, and also having boundaries around, um, showing up to an event. So I also like using this example. So if you're going to an event at a friend's house or someone you feel comfortable with, but you, you know, you're introverted and you're shy and you, you're not sure if you can stay the whole time, just letting that person know that, Hey, I can stay for a couple of hours and then I have to go, 
is, is great because it gives you, um, yeah, it gives you a place to start and feel comfortable setting that boundary with someone, especially yeah. some, someone that you trust is key for starting the process of setting boundaries. Oh, that's a good one because you're, you're kind of setting it up front mm-hmm. and then there's a little accountability for yourself as well to now you've said you're going to do that, go ahead and pull out and it's okay. Cause you've already told them up front. Right. That. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I read somewhere, I can't remember who it was suggested starting with yourself with something even as simple as sending food back when it is not what you wanted. Mm. And I thought, never really thought about that, but I don't know how many times I've gone, Oh, it's okay. I'll just eat it. anyway. <laughs> that's a like, good one. Right? Yeah. Yes. I thought, Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I kind of like that. Uh, what I think of is if I'm going to set a boundary, maybe it is causing me some anxiety. So is there a simple practice that puts you in a good place? Maybe even increases a little bit of self-worth as you go into maybe having a conversation around boundaries. Yeah, I think getting clear on your energetic levels and your energetic limits is um, a really good place to start actually with setting a boundary. And so what I do in my workshops is have people journal, what are my limits with myself, with social media, with spending time with others, with seeing my family, and getting clear and seeing them on paper first Mm -hmm. is great. And then next to that, writing the, the fears or the guilt associated with setting those boundaries. So I want to set a boundary with myself, um, with, you know, showing up to this event, but I'm worried that, you know, if I leave early that I won't be accepted or I'll feel guilty for leaving early. And then integrating those two things into a tapping practice, I think can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. So we can call out our fear, call out our shame, our guilt around setting a boundary while calling in what we really want to do and what we want, how how we want that experience to play out. Mm, Very cool. I like that. I do want to talk about what you have going on events and and workshops, but you said something and it made me think about the tapping points. I did want to ask about that. Are there, like you were saying earlier, there are a certain number, right? Mm -hmm. That you use. Can you walk us through like where they are on the body? Yeah. I'd love to see that. And maybe because this is audio and visual, if you can kind of talk about where you're touching. So the listening audience would, would have reference. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So we start here. So I call this the karate chop point. So I'm tapping on the side of my hand underneath my pinky. Okay. And so here we state our challenge while affirming that we love and accept ourselves completely. So when I tap with clients, we, I say a phrase and they repeat it back. So it's like a call and response. Mm -hmm. So we'll say a phrase three times here. And then we move to the first point, which I do the top of the head. So I'm using my fingertips of both hands. You can use one or two hands while tapping. That's totally up to you. Um, And the specific point is you don't have to be super concerned with finding the exact point on the body. If you really wanted to, you could spend some time and find where it is tender. So touching the top of your head and feeling where there is a tender point. 
Um, if you wanted to be really, if you wanted to be really exact, you could do it that way. So that's the top of the head. And then we go to the inner eyebrow. So again, I'm using two hands here with my first two fingers, and this is closest to the bridge of the nose. And then the third point is the side of the eye. Okay. Using both of my fingertips, two hands, one or two hands works fine. And then under the eye. So this is directly under the center of the eye, kind of hitting your eye socket there. Oh yeah. Okay. I'd have to take my glasses off. (laughs) And then under the nose here, I switched to one hand using the first two fingers because that feels the easiest. And then chin point again, just using one hand here, using my first two fingers right underneath the mouth. And then I go to two hands for this point. So this is the collarbone. So right underneath the two bony knobs of the collarbone tapping there with two hands. The next point is underneath the arm. So this is about three inches below the armpit. Okay. And I use one hand. You could tap with two hands. I think that feels could feel a little uncomfortable. So I just, I just say to clients to do whatever feels most comfortable and easiest. Right. Um, when you're tapping through the points, you don't need to switch, like switch back between one arm and the other arm. You can just stick to one side. That's totally fine. Yeah. And then we go to the wrist point. So you're making pretty much making an X with your two wrists tapping there. And then the last point I do is side of the hand. So we also call this the butterfly point, which I think is kind of sweet. So you're hitting um, the side of your hand by your pinky. So, okay. Yeah. And so that's most similar to the starting point the karate chop point. So those are the 10 points. Um, oftentimes people, uh, a lot of practitioners don't do the last point. So nine or 10 points is fine. Like I mentioned, there's no hard and fast rules with this practice. The most important thing is addressing your challenge, your hardship, your trauma, and really acknowledging and feeling that in your body and moving through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, cool. I, I was really curious about like, are they all over the body? It's mostly the upper body and mm-hmm. the hands. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I have, um, when, when I was doing my training, they, they mentioned like, you can tap, you can even just tap on one point, choose like a favorite tapping point. I really love the collarbone points. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll just tap on that. The meridians are located throughout the body, right? So there are other tapping points. There's even a point on the ankle. There's points in the legs that we could tap on. Um, but for the sake of, you know, doing this work with people over zoom, just t- sticking to those 10 points feels, feels best. Right. Ooh, I love it. So let's do dive into conversation around what events or workshops. I was thinking you just had one or something. I had one uh, last month. So a few, a few weeks ago now, um, the next one I have coming up is on August 18th at 7 PM. And that is going to be on Um, Mm self-worth. So you actually mentioned before asking about boundaries and anxiety and self-worth, and they can all kind of get wrapped up and intertwined with this. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to this workshop because it's, it's, it's a heavy one, actually having high self-worth 
is a practice. You know, this whole, as you mentioned earlier, Cassie, this practice of healing is not linear. It's up and down. It's messy and it's complicated. So I'm excited to hold that space for people to really go deep beyond what's on the surface Mm -hmm. to find out why we have feelings of low self-worth, which is oftentimes related to our childhood and being neglected or emotionally or physically abused. Um, But also systemic racism is a big one too, that impacts our, you know, our feeling of self-worth. Absolutely. I think a lot of people struggle with self-worth and they Mm -hmm. probably don't even realize that is what's holding us back. A lot of the time we don't think we're worthy of something And I love that you're doing that. So that's the 18th, you said. And how Mm -hmm. would someone get connected to you to sign up for that or participate? Yeah. So I have all the details on my Instagram. So if they go to katehen.healing, that's all the details are there. There's a link in my bio to sign up for that one. And I will have one on boundaries. That's going to be the following week, but I don't have the exact information there. But I yeah share all the updates on events that I'm hosting on Instagram. So it's best to follow me there. Yes. Okay. And I will run that on the bottom and put it in the description. So everybody has a way to connect with you. What else? I feel like maybe there's just so much that could be talked about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's such a beautiful practice. It's been so healing for me and others that I've worked with and yeah, it's, it, it can get pretty heavy and pretty mm-hmm. deep, but there's so much potential for healing and working through these things that are often too heavy to hold on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love holding the space for others because we, you know, we need support and our healing. And I think that our culture is very much um, all about individual achievement And while I am, uh, I'm a very independent person, but it's, I realize like, what, what can I manage? What can I accomplish? And what do I need help with? Mm. And leaning into those support systems is, is key because living on the individual level level on our own is, is, you know, great for some people, but coming back to our roots and community, that's kind of how our civilization was formed, right? It's like, we didn't accomplish things on our own. We came together in community to support and help each other. And so that's, yeah, that's also why I love hosting these workshops to really hold the space for others in a really safe container to do the healing work. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and knowledge around EFT tapping, boundaries, anxiety. It's just, it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. And to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in, listening, watching. Stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad free.